0: I think I mentioned the first night in my testimony that after college I worked at E Entertainment Television, and it was kind of this joke amongst my friends when I got hired for this job. Dude, all right, let's all make bets. How long is it going to be before Rayanne gets on television? And um, so it was kind of like this thing behind me, like, what do I have to do to get on TV at E? Right at the time, this was like 15 years ago or something, like uber low budget cable company, and. Um, so anyways, I had probably been in my job for like maybe a month or so, and I got this company-wide email. I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen Talk Soup, um on E! But whether you have or haven't, it's just kind of this random show that kind of recaps a lot of the talk shows of the day. And they do some kind of corny sketches every now and again, little skits and stuff where they make fun of like talk show people and stuff. Well, anyways, I'd been in my job for about a month and I get this like company-wide email that says, hey, TalkSoup needs some tap dancers for Friday for a sketch. Immediately I tap back. I can tap dance, send, you know? Phone rings. Hey, Rayanne, yeah, we just got your email. Can you meet us up in Studio A in about 10 minutes? And I'm like, yeah oh my gosh, you know? So I cruise up, I cruise up to the studio and I'm seriously like, I was having flashbacks sitting there. Like I have not felt that, that nervous since that moment, you know? Um, Cruise up to Studio A, I'm with John Henson. He was the old host of TalkSoup a long time ago. And um, anyways, they're like, yeah, so we're doing this thing, and we want you to tap dance. Basically, it's just going to be your legs, and then we're going to have um, John's body up top. So it'll look like he's tap dancing with the girl's legs, you know? And I'm like, all right, yeah, I can do this. They're like, yeah, so just totally, you know, get your tap shoes on. And if you've got, like, roughly socks or something, that'd be great. And we'll meet you here Friday at 4. And I'm like, all right, awesome. I go back to my desk, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I call my mom. I'm like, dude, can you FedEx my... My old tap shoes down, you know, like I hadn't danced since I was a kid, you know, and all of a sudden I'm going to be on television on Friday tap dancing. Um, so literally I go home to my, my roommates and I'm like, dude, I'm going to be on TV Friday. You know, I'm all fired up and, um, and I started totally panicking because I probably hadn't tap danced in like 10 years and thinking like, Oh yeah, it all comes back to you, right? It's so no big deal. No, it doesn't. And I, when I got the tap shoes the next day from my mom, I, um, I went down in the parking garage of the apartment I was living in so that I could, like, you know, have that cement floor to tap. And I was down there for, like, hours and hours and hours, like, freaking out, going, oh my gosh, I can't remember this stuff. Then Friday rolls around and I'm totally sweating. And they're like, all right, so they put me on, like, this blue screen. Like, all right, if you can just stand right here on the X, you know, and go for it. I'm like, are you going to give me any music or any kind of direction? Nope, just do your thing. I'm like, ah. So anyways, the end. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I just had like bad flashbacks sitting there being put on the spot. All right, ready, you're going to dance. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready. There's nothing to do with what I'm talking about tonight, but thank you for letting me start this totally stressed out. Um, what now? How did it go? Oh, um, I think I did all right. You know, I, I tapped and tapped, and then I kind of stopped. Like, no one was giving any direction, and I was just totally stressed out. So I kind of did a little thing, you know, <laughs> kind of stopped. And they're like, no, keep going, keep going. I'm like, okay, so kept doing it over and over again. And, yeah, it turned out it turned out all right, you know, yeah. My dad called in the next day the network, and he's like, I just want to know who that was, tap dancing. That was amazing, you know. <laughs> That's my dad. Um... Anyways, had, had a lot of other crazy opportunities to do much more fun things on E, but we don't need to get into that. So anyways, we're, t- we're going to talk about Jesus, and um, they never let me talk about Jesus on air, but that's all right. So anyways, um, hey, all right, how do you transition? I don't know. Um, <laughs> help me. This morning, Uh, this morning. <laughs> okay. i think i need to sit down and come back again all right let's just stop um, this morning we talked about the woman at the well a little bit and um obviously a woman who had longing in her life need in her life was trying to fill it with something other than god something temporary men make her feel significant important loved etc and was hurt time and again And Jesus comes and says, I want to give you more than that because I want to give you a life that is beyond your imagination. I want to give you an abundant life. Well, I want to start out this evening by reading for you guys one of my favorite passages in Scripture. It's Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3. The sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. to give them the oil of gladness instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. When I read this passage that says the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me He has anointed me to preach good news I wonder who who is me in this in this passage is it isaiah himself is isaiah the prophet saying god is on me Well, you don't have to wonder too long because in luke chapter 4 Starting in verse 14. It says this Jesus had just gone through his season of being tempted in the wilderness Um, And after that, it says Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread all throughout the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues and everybody praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. And he stood up to read the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and he sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were on him. And Jesus began teaching them by saying, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing it. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing it. Today, those who are in bondage and are prisoners are going to be set free Those who are blind are going to be made to see. That in this day, this passage will be fulfilled. That's my prayer for us tonight. That this passage will be fulfilled in every one of our lives as we have heard it tonight. Father God, I pray that you would give us open hearts and open ears to hear you. God, I pray... That this passage would be fulfilled in each and every one of our lives tonight. That we would hear the good news, Lord, and those of us who are prisoners would be set free. Those of us who are blind would see again. And those of us who are feeling oppressed in this life would be released. God, I pray that you would renew us and heal us and restore us and make all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, the woman at the well was bound by the sins of her past. This laundry list of men that had come in and out of her life. And and her 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 emptiness was kind of bondage in her life. She was kind of a slave to it. And so she tried anything that she could to fulfill that longing in her life, but time and again she couldn't. It was kind of like she was bound to it. And lots of times in our life we are bound to our sin, or maybe we're bound to stuff in our past. That kind of locks us up like prisoners but the beauty about this passage of scripture is that jesus says i have come to set you free from that stuff in your life that is binding you to something small and to something lesser he came to set the captives free i had a very interesting experience with captivity once being a captive myself and i i kind of grew up singing in church i love to sing and I've sung in a ton of different weddings, and so, you know, kind of the wedding singer. Um, and this one particular time, I had these two students from, from Malibu. When I was working down there, two Pepperdine students getting married, they asked me to sing in their wedding. I said, sure, I'd love to, you know. So I was invited to the rehearsal dinner after, you know, we rehearsed the song. And the rehearsal dinner was at a country club down in Los Angeles, and there's, like, a dress code. So, like, you couldn't wear jeans, I had to wear a nice dress, and so forth. And so I show up in my dress and my heels, and and this uh, rehearsal dinner was all outside, and it was like a wedding reception. I mean, it was, there was a live band, it was somewhat of a Hawaiian theme, but really, it was just kind of blown out of the water. And, um... Anyways, when I got there, I really only knew two other people in this whole affair. You know, it was probably 100 people there with all the family and everything, but I knew the guy that was marrying um, the bride and groom, and I-, I knew, like, one other lady there. So I'm kind of, like, mingling with these two people, and then all of a sudden they say, okay, if everyone could find their seats for dinner, and it was assigned seating for dinner. So I'm thinking, well, surely I'm going to be sitting with people I know, right? Well, No. I go to sit at my table, and I'm at a whole table with nobody that I've ever met before. So that's fine, you know. So I sit down, and the minute I sit down, I have got to go to the bathroom really badly. So I kind of ask these guys, I'm like, hey, you guys know where the bathroom is? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's right down there. See where the band is playing right there? There's that little building that's the bathroom. I'm like, great, thanks. So I get up and just, you know, walk down to the bathroom thinking I'll just hurry up and go before dinner starts. So this little nice path all outside, like I said, you know, a little row of roses, the band's playing, and there's this little brick building. And so I go over and grab the door, and it's locked. I'm like, okay, someone must be in there. So I wait. Slater comes out, and I go to open the door to the bathroom, and literally you open the door, the toilet is right there, and there's a little sink, and that's it. It's just this tiny little one-person bathroom, and it's all brick, right? And I am just dying, right? So I get in there, and I turn around to close the door, and the door's, like, not latching, you know? It's like I know that little thing's not sticking in the hole, and I'm like, come on, come on, i got to go. I'm like, all right, dude, all right. I'm just gonna like go. Cause I have to go so bad, right? So I kinda like have to let go of the door if I'm gonna, you know, make it on the, the pot. So I like kinda like let go. And so there's a little grate at the bottom of the door, right? Maybe like a little vent or what have you. And uh and I'm like, I'm just gonna stare at that vent, and if I see feet walk up, I'm jumping up. Otherwise, someone's gonna open the door and in all my glory I'm gonna be there, right? So I sit down real quick, right? And I'm looking I'm looking at that vent, I'm looking at that vent, go, 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 go. Done! Yes! You know, nobody came in. Turn around to wash my hands, all good, turn to leave and the door handle is dead. It's just like hanging there, you know? And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I kind of push on the door, which had latched by that time, and and I can't get out, and the door is not responding to the handle at all. And I kind of step back for a minute, and I'm like, come on, dude, this is not happening. Let's try again. All right, do it, do it, do it. Totally cannot open the door. So I kind of step back, and I'm thinking to myself for a minute, all right, Everybody just sat down to dinner. So no one's getting up to go to the bathroom now. They're all just sitting down to eat. I'm at a table where I didn't know anybody. So no one's sitting there going, where's Rand? Where did Rand go? I don't even know these people. They're probably just carrying on. Didn't even notice I was gone, right? I'm like, okay, it's probably going to be another 20 minutes or so before anyone comes to use the bathroom. like, this is ridiculous. So I kind of get down in my dress and heels. I'm on the ground in the bathroom looking out that grate. And I can see the feet of some people at a table that was somewhat nearby. And I'm thinking, all right. Hello? Excuse me? Uh, excuse me? Hello? Nothing. And, and I, for some reason, in my head, I'm thinking, I don't want to disrupt anybody. I don't want to interrupt anything, you know? Hello, I'm locked in the bathroom. So one more time, I grab the door. I grab the door. The door handle comes off completely. It's in my hand. And I'm like, all right, dude, where are the cameras? I'm being punked. I know it. This is ridiculous, you know? So I don't really know what to do. I look down. Oh, Brilliant. There is a plug with an extension cord running outside under the door. I thought, you know what? I bet you this is the sound system for the band because the band is like right outside the bathroom. I'll plug it, unplug it, sound will go out. Someone will be like, hey, we'll fix some sound system. You know, come in the bathroom, I'm saved, right? Brilliant, right? Here we go. Nothing happens. The music's still blaring, everything's going, nothing. And I thought, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? So there's a little like bolt up top, like a little lock, kind of twist that, try to twist that, nothing's happening banging on the door. So finally, I take this big brass door handle that's in my hand, and I'm like, all right. So I hit the door, and this is a little brick building, and it sounds like a gunshot. It's like, bam! You know? And I kinda like scared myself and it ricochets. Like the sound ricochets around the bathroom, so it's like BAM, 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 bam. And I thought, Okay, dude, if you're gonna do it, go big or go home. So I just start banging on this thing, right? I'm like, Hello! Excuse me! I'm locked in the bathroom! And I am just making a ruckus and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so horrible, you know? Bang, 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 I'm going nuts, I'm going nuts. Finally, someone comes over to the door and they're like Ma'am, is something going on in there? And I'm like, by this time, I'm laughing so hard at the irony of this that I go, (laughs) I I locked in the bathroom. And the guy goes, calm down. Everything's going to be all right. We're going to get you out of there. What you got to do is turn the lock to the left. And I'm like, the lock is in my hand. It fell off, you know. Don't worry, we're going to get you out of there. You know, I mean, I'm thinking, like, this is... This is so embarrassing, you know? So these people take off to like help get me out of here. Turns out they come back with large equipment to remove the door from the bathroom. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, they're gonna take this door off and all hundred people are gonna be gathered around like, you know, please God, let her get out of there alive, you know? And I'm thinking it's like so taken away from the bride and groom, you know? They're gonna open the door and people are gonna erupt in like, cheers, you know, you made it. And, um, they take the door off and I walk out and no one is even as much as looking in this direction. Party's going on. Everyone's eaten by that time they're having their dessert and their coffee, you know, just enjoying. And I thought that was so weird. And I kind of walk over to the table of people that was just right here, a couple steps away. And I go, I grab this guy and I'm like, Hey, did you, did you hear me in there? And he's like, was that you? Well, I thought somebody was doing construction over there, making so much racket. And I'm like, okay, thanks, crazy Uncle Larry. And, you know, what I thought was going to be just a quick trip to the bathroom, totally no big deal, turned out to be like a 45-minute ordeal. And how many times in our life do we think, you know, I hear a lot about porn on the Internet. I'm kind of curious. I'm just, I just, just got to see what's going on. It's no big deal. I'm just going to look for a second, and then I'll stop. It's no big deal, you know? And we just take one quick look because we think, like, it's not a big deal. I'm just curious. What's everyone talking about, you know? And all of a sudden, we get trapped in something, and a quick glance can turn into maybe a 45-minute ordeal, which turns into a daily habit, turns into an addiction, something really small like yeah i heard i heard from some people that like if you can just like throw up for a week you can lose like 10 pounds what's a week it's no big deal i'm just gonna give it a try and see what happens you know i can stop i can always stop it's not that big of a deal anything that we might think it's just one little thing you know i wonder what it would be like to maybe just go a little bit farther sexually with my boyfriend or girlfriend or what would it be like you know if i was the life of the party for once Maybe if I just get drunk one time, I just want to know what that feels like, you know? To kind of fit in, to have everybody think, like, dude, you're one of us. And we think we can just try something or take a quick taste for a minute. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves in chains, locked up in some stinky, rotten room. And the reality is, nobody else really cares what's going on. You might be dying in that room. You might be dying in your change to some kind of addiction or some kind of just crap in your life. And there's a lot of people that really just don't care. But when Jesus comes in the in Luke and says, "The Spirit of the Lord has sent me to proclaim freedom for those prisoners, to proclaim release for the captives and a recovery of sight for the blind." My guess is that Jesus would not have come to give that message unless it was something that we needed to hear. He's not going to come to set the captives free unless there are captives. He's not going to come to give people their sight back unless there is a problem with blindness amongst us. And there is. There's so many things that, become, that can become bondage in our life. You know, yeah, maybe there's some big stuff, the hot topics, like I said, you know, addicted to porn or alcohol or, you know, an eating disorder or whatever. But there's a lot of other things that that can be bondage in our life. It can be our insecurities, our fear of the future. I don't know what I'm going to do when I graduate. I don't know what I'm going to do when I graduate. And all of a sudden, you spend every waking moment, like, online. Looking for job opportunities and trying to figure out and trying to map out this plan of what I'm going to do when I graduate and oh my gosh, what if I graduate and I don't get married, you know, and all these little fears that we have can become incredible bondage in our life or this intense overwhelming need to perform and to succeed and we become obsessed with being perfect and doing it cleaner and better than everybody else because I've got to succeed. I've got to climb higher and higher and higher. And you're never fulfilled. And it becomes bondage in our life. It's like we're chained to these addictions. Or maybe it's not even something that you've done or that you're doing. Or maybe it's, maybe it's your family. Maybe it's mistakes that your family has made. Maybe it's your parents are divorced. And that pain that was inflicted upon you through their divorce is something that still haunts you constantly. And their mistakes or their decisions has become bondage in your life. Because the reality is bondage is anything, anything that hinders you from receiving the abundant life that Jesus came to give you. Anything whatsoever. That's what bondage is. In John 10, 10 it says this. I'm sorry, the light is so bad up here. Um, In John 10.10, Jesus says this. Jesus says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come so that you may have life and have it to the full. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. It's like in the world, what they're offering us to fulfill us. Really, the plot and the scheme of the enemy is just to steal from you, to kill you, and destroy you. But Jesus says, you know what, though? I've come to give you life. And he doesn't just stop there. He says, life to the full, to the fullest extent, life in abundance. What are your chains? What are the things that are binding you to a lesser life that's keeping you from receiving that life to the full that Jesus came to give you? Maybe you're sitting there going, oh, but you don't know. You don't know what I've done. You don't know. I've got so much crazy stuff going on in my life, so many things that I have tried to stop. You have no idea what I've gone through. And it's not that easy. And you know what? I don't. I don't know what you've gone through, but I do know this, that Jesus is bigger. Jesus is bigger than any sin in your life. He's bigger than any heartbreak that has been caused you by your family or by a loved one. Jesus is bigger than any addiction you could possibly have. And the death that he died on the cross is far more powerful to set you free from those things than the actual chains themselves. Jesus has come to set us free from our shame, from our guilt. His question is, will you let me? Will you let me set you free? Will you trade me, if you will? Will you trade me those chains? Back in Isaiah, he says, will you let me put on you a crown of beauty instead of ashes? Will you give me your ashes? Will you give me the things in your life that are dead and producing nothing? Because I want to take them from you and I want to give you something good. Will you give me your spirit of despair, your hopelessness, your frustration? Will you give it to me? Because I want to give you a garment of praise. I want to give you something to praise me about. Will you give me your mourning? Because I want to give you the oil of gladness. Jesus says, will you trade me? Will you trade me your chains for freedom? I want to give it to you. When I was at Wheaton College, my junior year, I joined the gospel choir. And I've always loved to sing, and um, especially gospel music. And I can honestly say that looking back over my four-year college career, the gospel choir was one of my ultimate favorite college memories of all times. It was just awesome. And um, this one particular time, we were invited to go sing at Joliet Maximum Security Prison in Chicago. It's a pretty, pretty famous prison. And um, so a bunch of us said, yeah, we'd go. So we go down to Joliet, and um, when we get there, we have to go through all these little metal detector things. They're, like, wanding us, frisking us. It's, like, pretty hardcore. It's almost like you get through one room, and then you have to go through another to be, you know, screened to make sure, you know, you don't have anything on you. So we get through all this stuff, there's all these guards and whatnot, and they march us into this auditorium. It looks kinda of like a high school gymnasium. You know, there's these big doors, there's a bleachers set up on the side, and it's just open. So they march us to the back. So we get back in there, and we're kinda of standing there, bleachers, doors, you know? And there's a bunch of guards standing at the door, and all of a sudden they start, exactly, exactly, dude, you're right. <laughs> it's okay, I saw you, it's all right. It's true, it was like, here's the exits, here's the windows, you know, mask, whatnot. Um, and uh, all of a sudden, they start marching in the prisoners. And I got to tell you, Hollywood does a phenomenal job of depicting prisoners because these guys looked like everything and more that I've seen in the movies. They're all tatted up all over the place. They've got this look on their light on their face, like life has been so harsh and they have weathered such gnarly storms that there is nothing to smile about. And these guys, they're just terrifying. And they just start filing in and filing in and filing in, filling up those bleachers. And, you know, I'm junior in college, and I'm standing there, and I'm kind of thinking, like, maybe this wasn't the best idea to come here today. My heart's kind of racing a little bit, you know. And um, our our choir director is this five-foot-tall african African-American african woman, right? So she gets up, and she's, like, all fired up, you know, like, so great to be here today, and we'll sing for you guys, you know. And... Um, and most of the guys in here are African-American guys, you know? And um, anyways, so as is custom with gospel music, you kind of break out the parts a little bit, right? So you kind of have, like, the tenor singing, and then you add in the altos, and then you add in the sopranos, and then you kick it up with the bass, you know, and you kind of break it apart, and it's just it's so great, right? Anyways, so we're singing this one song, and she kind of starts breaking us out into parts, you know, like, just the altos, right? Come on, come on. She gets it up, right? And then, all of a sudden, she looks out to these prisoners, and she says, All right, who out here is an alto? And I'm thinking, like, what? You know, and these guys are kind of like, you know, screw you, whatever. <laughs> and she's like, all right, this is your part. This is your part, guys. You know, and she starts singing. Um, she starts singing, thank you, Lord, for one more day. She's like, come on, you guys, you sing that. You sing that, right? And then all of a sudden, she's like, how many you guys out there are tenors? You know, and all of a sudden, a bunch of guys raise their hand, right? Quite a few guys raised their hand. And she was like, all right, this is your part. It's, I've got to see Jesus i've got to see jesus oh i've got to see jesus all right and so these guys are like okay so all of a sudden she's like oh god, come on come on let me hear your part right so you get these prisoners and they're like i've got to see jesus oh god I've see jesus. you know whatever they're kind of like not too into it not too into it well then she kicks up the band right the band comes in and all of a sudden these guys you kind of like hear a little bit of a rumble and all of a sudden these guys get up on their feet right and these guys are singing their part, and they're like, I've got to see Jesus. I've got to see Jesus. Whoa. I've... And all of a sudden, little by little, we got fists in the air, okay? And these guys got their fists in the air. They are jumping up and down, okay? No, it wasn't funny, dude. It was terrifying, okay? I'm serious. It is so loud, you know? I mean, like, the thundering thunder, the noise of these guys jumping up and down on the bleachers. We're talking, like, probably 400 prisoners, okay? And they are jumping up and down. I've got to see Jesus! I've got to see Jesus! Whoa! And I'm standing there going, I'm about to meet Jesus! I'm about to meet Jesus, <laughs> you know? I'm thinking, these guys charge me. There's no way out except that way. This is not good, you know? But these guys were so incredibly intense and shouting and raising their fist. And all of a sudden, once my intense fear somewhat subsided, I sat there and I thought, Oh my gosh, if there is anybody, anybody who needs to see Jesus, it's somebody who is totally shackled to their sin and their past. Somebody who is a prisoner. Because Jesus is their only hope. The world has already condemned them. They're already locked up. Some of these guys for life, for the people that they've killed, for the places they've robbed. All sorts of gnarly, gnarly stuff. And I just sat there and I thought, yeah, I've got to see Jesus. Wow. This message is for these men. And then all of a sudden it kind of flung back to me. I'm just like, wow. Wow. This is a message for me, because really, I'm not so different than these guys are. Yeah, their sins have found them out. They hurt someone so bad or ended someone else's life, and so they got found out. But my sins and my mistakes, a lot of it goes on right here, and nobody else knows. I'm just as much of a prisoner as they are. And then I started to cry, because I realized That my life just really wasn't that much different than theirs. That I was a prisoner just like them. And did my sin, my secret sins and my past and my mistakes, did that disturb me enough within that I was shouting out inside, I've got to see Jesus. Like the woman at the well, please give me this water that you have so that I won't thirst again. Please, I've got to see Jesus. I want to be set free. I told you guys um, on Friday night in my testimony that, especially in these last four weeks, when I said I didn't want to get up here and be a hypocrite, you know, I wanted to have conviction that the things that I'm sharing with you, I was living myself. And I said, in the last four weeks, God has really taken each one of my talks and said, all right, we're bringing this one to life. All right, we're bringing this one to life. And this one right here came to life January 4th. Um, I mentioned I've been taking this parenting class. And so I went into my class one morning, you know. There's about 265 women in this class. And the teacher gets up and she said, you know, I know we're going to kind of get into the nuts and bolts today of discipline, but we're not going to do that. I want to talk to you about something else. I want to talk to you about unforgiveness. All right, you know. And she said, do you have unforgiveness in your life? Because have you, if someone wronged you and you haven't forgiven them, she said, because if there is unforgiveness in your life, it essentially plants seeds of damaging emotions, of bitterness and wrath and hate. And if you have unforgiveness in your life, she said, It'll cost you greatly. It'll rob you of your intimacy with God. It'll destroy other relationships that you have. You lose time because you're waiting for that person to apologize to you, right? So you just wait and you wait and you wait. You're losing time. And it really robs you of your relationship with God. And right as she's saying this, boom, I felt like God brought something to light that I hadn't ever thought of about two and a half years ago, my very best friend in the whole world um, did something that was very, very hurtful to me and it damaged our friendship greatly. And I forgave her for what she did. But a couple months after the incident, we had a conversation on the phone and she said some incredibly damaging, hurtful words to me that really ended our friendship forever. And I can tell you honestly, for the last two and a half years, I have replayed those words and that conversation in my head or I've rehashed it out loud in the car as I've driven alone or in the shower in the morning at least once a week for the last two and a half years. And I have allowed those words to hurt me time and time again. And when this lady is talking about unforgiveness in our life, God brought up that incident. And I thought, well... I don't have any bitterness or hate or malice towards her. I don't know how this is unforgiveness in my life. And God just showed me how I have been in bondage to those hurtful words. And even though I felt like the victim, God said, still, that is unforgiveness in your life. And you need to forgive her and be set free from that. And so... She hadn't apologized or even acknowledged that she'd done anything wrong. So I wasn't going to call her and be like, hey, by the way, two and a half years ago. No, we haven't talked for quite some time, but I forgive you for those words. But instead, I thought, you know, I just need to get along with God. And after that class, I just drove out um, to a spot and I I sat with God and I said, God, I want to be set free from replaying that incident over and over again in my life and being hurt time and again from it. Because I realized my relationship with God had gotten smaller and my intimacy with the Lord had suffered. Because of this bondage, I didn't even know that I had in my life. I didn't even realize it till someone brought it to light. That that was the dirt clod, if you will, that was prohibiting that living water from filling every part of my life. And I prayed and I said, God, I forgive her and I want to be set free from this. And since that day, I have not thought of those words or rehashed them once ever since. God has totally set me free from that. And I'm so, ah, I'm so grateful for that. But I want you guys to know that any bondage we have in our life, whether it's great or small, it will suck the very life out of you. And sometimes you can't even put your finger on it. Some of you might be sitting here right now tonight going, I know exactly what my, what my issue is. I know exactly what it is. I know what my chains are. I know what my addiction is. I know what is binding me to a lesser life and hindering me from receiving the abundant life in Christ. And then maybe there's some of you out here going, dude, I'm good. I'm not in bondage. I'm not a a captive to anything. I'm good. Well, I want to invite you guys to allow God to shine his light on you and just search you and say, God, is there anything maybe that I don't know that's going on? it's become bondage in my life in john chapter 8 verse 31 jesus says this to the jews who had believed him jesus said if you hold to my teaching then you are really my disciples and then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free well the jews answered him We are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been slaves to anybody. So how can you say that we're going to be set free? We're not captives. What do you mean, we'll be set free? And Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Everyone. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to the family forever. So if the son has set you free, then you are free indeed. If the son has set you free, you are free indeed. Jesus says that I will make you a new creation and you will be free indeed because of my truth and because of what I did on the cross. And if you're sitting here tonight and you're saying, I know Jesus and I've been set free, then let tonight be an affirmation that you are free indeed. And praise God for that. I want us to take a moment um, to kind of reflect a little bit. Maybe take a moment. Excuse me. I'm losing my voice. To just even say a quick prayer of God, would you please? Open me up. Open up my eyes to see anything potentially in my life that is hindering me from receiving the abundant life that you came to give. Is there anything that is bondage in your life? Anything that you're bound to? Because tonight, Jesus is saying to you, I want my words to be fulfilled in you tonight. That I have come to set you free. I'm going to invite you guys to just listen to a song that i'm going to play and to kind of watch a presentation as you kind of ponder a little bit um i'm going to ask you guys to be totally silent and even after i'm done and leave the song will continue and i just want you to be still and quiet and just listen listen to the words and open yourself up to what god might have you have um, to set you free from in your life and We're going to have up front um, some bowls of water, actually. And if you think of something that has been bondage in your life, that has been eating away at you, I want you to just kind of picture that in your hands, those chains, and just hold it tight, that bondage. And if you want, when you're ready, come forward. And there's going to be people up front with these bowls of water. And if you hold your hands over that bowl, someone is going to wash your hands kind of symbolically of that living water that sets you free. And someone else is going to dry your hands. And if you want someone to pray with you, there's going to be people in the back that are just here to pray for you. Or maybe you just want to talk to someone and say like, you know what, this is something that I've been struggling with for a long time, but I don't know if I'm ready. I'm scared to let go of this because it's almost kind, kind of become part of who I am. I don't know what I'll do without this. Or if you just want a time to come forward and kneel and pray, then we invite you to do that too. But this is just a time between you and the Lord to say, God, I want to be set free from these chains in my life. And Jesus will come as he promised and set you free. So I'm going to pray and then I just invite you guys to, to listen. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you have come to set us free. And I thank you for your promise that if You have set us free. Then we are free indeed. The old is gone and behold, the new has come. God, I thank you that the death that Jesus died on the cross is bigger than the chains that bind us to a lie. The chains that bind us to our fear and our guilt and our shame. That bind us us to our addictions. To our heartbreak over our families or our friends or just life and how harsh it is. I thank you that your cross is bigger than that. God, would you please shine your light on us? Lord, illuminate us, search us and try us God and reveal to us anything in our life that is hindering us from receiving the abundant life that you came to give. Reveal to us, God, anything that is bondage, so that we might be set free from that. And God, we will give you the praise for it. And we thank you, Lord, that you love us too much to allow us to continue in the life that is lesser than the one that you came to give us. In Jesus' name, amen.